Warning, the Bonsai Beat contains explicit language and may not be suitable for all listeners or fans of Neo Genesis Evigallion. Several anime companies have gone bankrupt. 1,337 anime fans have been sued. All the while, the Bonsai Beat has been there to deliver you the latest in news, show reviews, and discussions from both the experienced and novice anime fans' point of view. And now, broadcasting from a deserted island so Funimation's lawyers can't find them, here are your hosts, Delokun and Zach. so closer yes i'm back with zach and we got a ton of shit to do today oh my god this is gonna be like a five hour episode you're stressing me out you're d- uh, shit to do what is this a chore it is a chore <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're stacking up work for me to do yes chop chop i oh, i man. felt like i was having a chore even watching anime oh for no the season. I mean, it shouldn't feel that way. I was excited to watch stuff, but then, like, uh, as I mentioned, my parents' basement flooded yesterday. Oh, no! Um, And I think we dried everything out, but it smells funny, which isn't good, because that's, no. like, what you don't want yeah. when stuff floods, because you might have mold. Yeah. So well, I watched, like, anime in the moldy basement. I, I, <laughs> I should get hazard pay. Shit. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, we got tons to review. We got tons to talk about. It's been forever with Zach. Last time we had the other Zach on. So. Yeah, I still haven't listened to that. I mean, that's <laughs> for shame. Yeah, it's kind of sad to say, like, eh, I'm not much of a fan of my own podcast. Uh, but. Hey, whatever. <laughs> I uh, guess. Wait, yeah, the last one I did was so long ago. Oh, you I won't know. even believe it. I know. Maybe you do believe it. Why? It was more than two months. Zoldar, you and I reviewed Konosuba movie more than two months ago now. It doesn't feel like that. I know. I don't know where the time has gone. Like, <laughs> I can't believe it's almost September already. Yeah, yeah. it's been nine weeks since it's we've crazy. spoken. <laughs> June 21st. <laughs> Fucking hell. And that's assuming you uploaded it like as we did it. It was probably like a uh, day or two before. Yeah, it was a couple days after. So yeah, almost ten weeks definitely feels like i mean it feels like three probably i don't know this is why we'll never get to three maybe maybe we'll get to 300 by this time next year if we're lucky that's ambitious as hell i know 2022 yeah what is our normal course like episode a month is like what would be good for us about now right so even that would only be 12 plus 4 16 We'd only hit 290-ish, oh, We gotta, we gotta start getting more. Oh, plus we get the the yearly one though, which is like a bonus. Yeah. We get like 294, yeah. And I Maybe got... by 2022 you can have 300 episodes. There you go. Yes. And then this, yeah. then this anime podcast is canceled. <laughs> 
it goes on permanent hiatus. We're gonna we're gonna go on. Uh, we're gonna start a new podcast called like something with the word anime in it. I don't know. <laughs> Is it something that's like a nod to the fact that you had one that hit three hundred? Yes. And whenever someone questions our authority, we're like, well. We did have a podcast with 300 episodes, yes. so step off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to be reviewing Japan Sinks today. And I know you want to talk High School DxD. Yeah, I'm going to be, well, talking up DxD, but then I remembered. It's tough to remember what you even talked about on the show, and it's been so long. But I remember in, what was it, like May? No, before that, because that was the Alder Zack and Beastars. No, it was May for me. When I was reviewing Psychopath, I talked briefly before that about DxD and why I thought the new studio did a good job, and that's really all I wanted to talk about, and turns out I've already done it, so... Uh, I'll talk about it a little bit, but mainly my review segment will be me just molding about how bad Sword Art and Tower of God is. There you go. Like a true old man. Whatever's popular, I hate it right now. There you go. Although, which is also something interesting to talk about. I feel like we've lived through like a like a peak in a valley and now a new peak for sword art being popular. But uh, initially, I would hate on it. And I'm, I don't think you started watching it right away, so you'd hear me. No, hate yeah, it. I didn't watch it for a good while. Until like the gun season came out, I think, is when you started, when you caught up think you're right so initially you heard me talk shit about it and like it wasn't really popular to hate it then and then it became popular to hate it and like everyone was hating on sword art and i, I felt vindicated being first mm -hmm. uh, and then but then it was less fun to hate right if everyone is and now i feel like we're at a another new peak the show is uh, as you'll hear later probably worse than it's ever been uh, and i'll justify why uh, maybe <laughs> But it seems like it's met with, like, um, not unanimous, because I don't really follow content creators that talk about it, but at least on Reddit, in the general feeling, it seems like this is far more popular than Sword Art's been since, like, the first two seasons. See, I think so. the show has had its moments. But, uh, yeah, we'll get there. What have you mm -hmm. been watching? I've been watching a few things. Uh, more Railgun, finally. Uh, you didn't speak to me for 60 days. Coincidentally, it took them 60 days to take Railgun off hiatus to start making <laughs> it again. So, last time we spoke, I was bummed that I had to wait for Railgun. Uh, exciting news, it started again last it's week. It's here so. now. Yeah, it's like you didn't have to wait at all. Well, yeah, I guess if you were listening to both podcast episodes back-to-back, -back, everyone else had to wait two months. Um, but it, it's great. They're about to start what I think is my favorite arc in the whole Railgun manga, I guess, is the source material. Um, it's the Dream Ranker. It's like it's almost like Freddy Krueger type, but with magic. Uh, the the villain they have to fight is like manipulating people's dreams, and at first, they're giving away dreams that like on cards, and when you go to bed, you can lay it on your forehead, and you get the dream that they give you. And it's just, like, cool ones where they teach you, like, speak another language. You know, it's like the learn-while-you-sleep type thing. That's badass. Yeah, right. It's really cool, and everyone's into it. But then they start subtly, like, adjusting people's behavior in society. So 
now that they control a little bit of like everyone they make them like black out for like a minute each day and like do some task they're unaware of and they're orchestrating it with like a supercomputer so if each person does something for a minute in the whole city they can accomplish like a ton of their goals <laughs> which i think is really cool it's like it's like subtle subtle manipulation i guess but so all i hear uh, is the cloud is evil mm-hmm yeah it's it's all just an allegory i mean the whole setting of index and railgun is academy city which is like a super futuristic college town so yeah they have all the worst technology <laughs> all the most evil futuristic technology but so I'm, I'm excited for that that should be starting soon it should be like the last five episodes i think of the season hell yeah and I've been watching, but that's been going on. I mean, Railgun's been airing for like two and a half seasons now. The ones I started this season was the Miss. This one's very long. Get ready for this title: The Misfit of Demon King Academy. Semicolon. History's strongest demon king reincarnates and goes to school with his descendants. Okay. Um, picked it up because people. I don't even know if it was people. Maybe I made the connection that it was the same as Chivalry of a Failed Knight, which, as I talked about before, is the only, like, magic high school show I thought was even palatable. And, like, the guy has a harem, but he eventually, like, picks a girl, and he's overpowered, but for the right reasons. You know, it, it gets rid of all the, like, the shitty tropes in all the magic shows, or at least it does them differently. Mm-hmm. That I found it just very enjoyable, and it's, it doesn't do the generics shit. So this one, I'm like, well, the man is reincarnated as the Demon King. It says reincarnated. He doesn't reincarnate like an isekai, but like the Demon King after 2,000 years comes back as this man. Gotcha. And it's supposed to be a comedy, which I don't think is as exciting as like an action or a drama show. The first episode wasn't funny at all, though. It was like, he went to school, these bullies picked on him because he was supposed to be weak, and he just killed them like a million times. It, he has, like, magic that no one else has, so he would kill them, resurrect them, and kill them again. <laughs> and I'm like, that's very evil, and I don't see the comedy, and there's, like, a quiet girl that's the main girl in the story, and they get along as friends, and I don't know. I don't know where they're going. They haven't made, like, any strides for comedy or, like, romance, so I'm not even sure what it's supposed to be, but it's listed as action and comedy and fantasy. But I'll give it a few more. That was just the first episode. Gotcha. Um, the problem, though, is I don't like the guy's, like, personality. It's, though it seemed like the other show, this guy's, he's not an asshole, he's, like, nice to the main girl, but he's, like, very confident, and it's supposed to be that... Yeah, well, he knows he's the Demon King, but also he's he makes like these really shitty jokes that no one laughs at, and that's supposed to be the stick. And then he's like, two thousand years ago, that would have got a laugh." Wait, cause... wait, 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 wait! Is this the show that's airing now? Yeah. This is that one where he's born and the kid can talk. Yeah. And okay. He, I okay. He's only like a month old, and he gets like really big, and his parents bring him to the school. That part was funny. <laughs> they're like cheering for him to like begin his school career, and the, his mom's like, "They grow up so fast. It's only been a month." <laughs> and then he comes back. He comes back with the girl, and his <laughs> his dad's like, "There's my son. One month, and he's already hooked a girl." Hell yeah! And he's like, his son's like already bigger than him. That's like hilarious. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know what you're talking about now. 
it, yeah, it has its moments, but but you you always wonder like where is it going and yeah how much how funny do they think him just being overpowered is because I don't. Um, I started watching the second season of ReZero, which uh, you watched the first one. Or you I did watch... not. You did I, not. I never oh. watched ReZero. But I know of Rem. I was going to say, that's kind of like a badge of honor at this point. Not many people haven't seen it. You should just keep not watching it. Not watching it? it. Don't want to get tempted? It's not bad, but it's not as good as everyone says. All Um, all I know about is Rem and her, like, emo haircut. And then there's a pink version and a blue version. And they have the identical same haircut. And the main character is like, I love you both. I I don't know. No, he loves Amelia. That's the joke. Oh. Amelia's not those characters. That's Rem and Ram. Oh. Um, well, I Ram don't gets know. a lot of jokes about random access memory on the internet. Ha 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 ha. computers. It's, <laughs> it's good. I don't know. Like it's an. I really liked it initially because it is very dark. Because basically, whenever he fails, the only way to do it is like a uh, grotesque, like Groundhog Day, where he has to like kill himself with whatever's handy to go back in time to try to fix it if he fails at doing something. And that was kind of a cool dark plot. But now in the recent one, they pulled the same thing they already did, where one time when he went back, no one knew who Rem was, and it was like an alternate timeline because he went back, but the person he was fighting also had like a similar power so nothing was undone um so he had to like rewrite the word it was like science gate shit but and that was good don't get me wrong but now they've done it again at the beginning of the second season he defeats the main bad guy at the end of the last season so the beginning of this one he's like riding a carriage back victorious with amelia and he's like can't wait to go see rem i wonder how they're doing and she's like who's rem um, dun, dun, so that, dun. Yeah, so it kind of all repeats itself, but this time, uh, I forget what they call them, like the witch coven something are the bad guys, and they're like the seven deadly sins, just like in Full Metal, and I'm sure lots of anime like to make their villains the de- seven deadly sins, but Gluttony kills her, and he can eat people, but also they're like memories, he eats their memories, and what else? They're like soul basically so she's just like a husk of a person they find her but no one knows who she is except him because he has like a similar power but as a good guy so that's kind of interesting i'm kind of interested to see where season two goes and another character a different girl gets her memories eaten uh but like rem saves her at the last minute so she isn't like a husk so she's there with no memories and is like a different person and then he's working together with her to like try to kill the evil person and get Rem back, so. Gotcha. It's it's interesting. It's like a cool use of of power for storytelling, but it almost seems at this point it's like they're really hashing out like how much it makes the main character suffer. Like his life's so unfortunate that even when he wins, he's back to like the most tragic part of season one where no one knows who the girl he likes is <laughs> and she's not even alive. So huh. Yeah, I don't know. Well, there you go. It's not bad, but uh, I guess my critique is people are really forgiving of, like, the boring slash confusing parts for, like, the moment of tension at ends of episodes. It does, like, a really good job doing cliffhangers, 
and I feel like that it makes people more willing to forgive it. Because if you're watching it week to week, you're like, this episode was very good. And you just remember like the last two minutes of the intense drama of the character suffering and things going wrong. And you're like, wow, can't wait for something crazy to happen next episode. But then next episode is 20 minutes of him just being mopey and talking about his situation. And then two more minutes of action, you yeah. know? So it's not all like that, but that's my critique. It's easy to forget if you're watching it week to week that it feels like that. I watched the first episode of Rent a Girlfriend. Something you're watching, right? Yes. Uh it was reminiscent of Nisekoi. But with characters I like less. That's how I felt about it. <laughs> I only saw one episode. So I don't know if it gets better, but So that's been my like one show where I've like, oh my god, I gotta watch this every week. You like it that much? The first one was like, sure, this is funny, Nisekoi, they're not actually together. But, like, I don't like the characters as much as the characters in Nisekoi, or at least not the two main ones. It gets better. But, yeah, it still is very silly. I do have a prediction, though. What's that? Um, Because they showed her at the end of the first episode, her his ex-girlfriend must still be a character. I predict yes. she dumped him to also join the dating service. Uh, you're not far off. We actually don't know exactly why. Well, she, we do know why she dumped him, but she kind of just did it just like in the first episode that you saw. We haven't gotten any more. We're, we're eight uh, episodes in. We haven't gotten anything more. Because I... Okay. I was... I thought that would be an interesting thing. It's like... And they really showed her a lot throughout the episode and related it to the rented girlfriend. I'm like, wait a minute, she might have just dumped him because she needed money. But then the actual twist at the end was she goes to the college, which I thought was not even it can't even be counted as a twist. Uh, yeah. How is that how is that a twist? It's like they both say they're college freshmen, right, at the diner. And what am I supposed to believe they're not gonna meet? Like are there that many colleges that they're not gonna go to the same one despite living in the same yeah, two miles? Same dorm. Well no, th <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. And they treated it like a big twist, like, oh my we ran into each other what? here. Like I'm like, come on, there's one college and you already know you're in the same class. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so that was kinda silly. It's not a ground breaking twist, but It's a fun show. I enjoy it. What I've been enjoying is how fucking awkward and how hard it is to watch a show sometimes. Like, episode 8, I was getting so uncomfortable watching where I was like, I, I don't know if I can finish this episode. I did, but I was like, oh, God, just let, the, let this be over. In terms of what? He was stalking Mizuhara. Oh, God. And, like... Just, you know, it's a typical, like, oh, we're going to follow the girl and see what she's up to. And, the, you know, he thought all this weird stuff. And then, yeah, it's just, the show's really good about, like, really awkward shit. Mm. And just making it hard to watch. Like I said, yeah, that could been... be good or bad. If it's hard to watch, technically it's, it it's, should be. It's hard to merit. watch because... You know that he knows better, and he even knows better, but yet he still does the stuff that he does, and it doesn't help that she keeps giving, like, false signals knowing that, like, 
he tends to overthink things or or not use his head in the moment. Mm-hmm. You know? But she'll still do something that he'll misinterpret. But it's still a fun show. Episode 7 was like the best. Because I introduced a new girl and it was awesome. And it was just fun. And she's the best. Fuck Mizuhara. Ruka-chan for life. Team Ruka-chan right here, bitch. <laughs> yeah, I don't... Nah, I it's, don't been a, it's been a fun show. I've really enjoyed it. Um, it can get... I mean, don't get me wrong. It's... It's predictable. Even the predict... Even, like, this episode that I, I just last watched, I knew what was coming, and it's like, oh, sure enough, it happened exactly what I thought it would, because I've seen enough anime like this. It's not anything groundbreaking by any means. Mm-hmm. They aren't taking the genre and doing anything. If you have seen a lot of this type of show, you know, Harem's Yeah, I guess I was or... hoping it leaned more on comedy than it leans on, like, fan service. Oh, it definitely does. There's not a ton of fan service in this show. There really isn't. There's enough in the first one. Oh, because it's like, the first one, dude. Of course, it's the first one. It has to have all that shit. Usually the first, second episodes are like best animation, best of everything to hook you. And then it goes downhill from there, typically. And Hmm. gets fixed in post when they're ready to do the DVD rips or DVD sales. DVD rips for us. DVD sales for them. Yes. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's, it's fine. It's just not Nisekoi. And it's like you said, it's not doing anything with the genre. It's, it's not Scum's Wish. No, no, so, not by me. You're uncomfortable because they're shitty people. Here, you're uncomfortable because you're like, "That's awkward." Haha. <laughs> well, yeah, and I mean, even the if you were to keep watching, you would see what happens. There's other factors, really stupid factors, but factors nonetheless. Mm-hmm. But I've enjoyed Wait, watching it. Although I didn't do Scum's Wish justice for their characters. There, they're not shitty people, but they are very self-interested. No, they're very selfish. Right, and yeah. shallow, because all they would hear about is their desires. Yeah, shitty's a little too far, but they know what they're in for, and they they know what they want. Yes. What else Which have you I been watching? Which I thought was great. Yeah. Um, Which is great. We talked about Demon Show. Yep. I feel like there's another show. Oh, yeah, Decadence. I have to open my window. Yes. It's very chilly. Or I wait, say wait, wait. Hot I was going to say. I want, it, I want it to be chilly. You're so hot. I got to open my window. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, I know you live up north, but come on. Well, no, it is cooler outside right now for some reason. Like 70 out. Um, Fuck off, so crickets. Sword art, decadence. Oh, can you hear the crickets? <laughs> it's, oh. all, it's all good. <laughs> um, I thought Decadence was pretty cool. I mean, I don't love the idea that I'm going to have to see the giant fortress they live in fight monsters. I thought that looked very stupid, but I at least like the main character, and I like how her boss slash like mentor man is some great fighter. I imagine episode two will have her begging him to train her or something. Oh, just you wait. It gets better and better and better. That's been my... Second favorite show. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not saying, like, Rental Girlfriend's my favorite. Rental Girlfriend's been, like, the show I anticipate, I anticipate to watch every week. Decadence is probably my favorite show of the season. Yeah, that's the one I'm excited to continue. 
I really liked the first episode, other than, like I said, the two-minute scene of the base loading yeah. up to punch the monster. I'm like, come on, I don't care about mecha anime. <laughs> so you haven't... Whoa, 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 You've not watched episode two yet? No. Oh, God, I want your opinion after episode two. Yeah, I watched, like, episode one of everything today, <laughs> just nice. so I, I knew what they were. So... Uh, gotcha. One second here. Well, sweet. I'm excited to hear your opinion for episode two. Um, I have been watching just the usual stuff. Um, Decadence, Rental Girlfriend, Sword Art. I have not... I only watched episode two of God of High School. And I'm even more confused if I even want to watch any more of it. Like... So the first episode... I wish you would have listened to our last episode, damn it. But, uh... <laughs> Uh, essentially, the first episode was a complete clusterfuck of, like, just massive fighting. And the episode, two, the guy just fucking enters a match and beats the shit out of everybody and, like, fucks up the tournament. And it's like, ah, I don't know if I can watch this. I don't know. I'm gonna probably keep watching it just because it seems to be the hot thing and maybe it'll get better. Uh, I've also been watching Yumeon. Yumeon is Yumeon. It's three minutes of I don't know what the fuck I'm watching, and I've watched it. And I put it, I put an Xbox on my Taiga program for any list. That's the, really the only reason why I'm watching it. I started it. It's three minutes of cuteness, and sure. I don't even know what that is. What is that? It is three horse girls who do random shit, and it's like a <laughs> random gag, and uh, random gag like. Manga. Like a three panel coma coma. Mm. And like so like I didn't even know they were horse girls at first. But they officially say in the second episode, yep, we're horse girls and they go to a horse girl academy. Because they have Oh, this is this is like the spin off for the horse girl show I have not seen. Sure, I, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, pretty derby. It's like the horse derby. This is like the spin off of it. Well these are like girls with with a tail and and horse ears coming out of their hair. Yep. That's it. As, as is the main show. Oh. It's uh Uma Masume Pretty Derby. I think you're right. But uh yeah, they all go to this high school where they all they go to Tokyo's Tracing Academy hoping to Move on to fame and fortune as racers. Well, we don't know what the fuck they do here because the last episode I watched, they went to a to a udon place or something like a beef bowl place, and they didn't know how to really order. And then one of them wanted like the mega bucket of like the mega bowl, and she ate it, and they all got they all got fat, and they had an animation of like their their stomach sticking out of their their uniform. Because they were fat. Because they <laughs> ate the ultra big bowl of... Ultra of, noodle. Yeah, beef bowl or whatever the fuck it was. And then there's an episode where, like... So, like, the first episode, there's three characters taking a test, and there's two other characters announcing, like, they're at a horse race. And one of them uses a pencil to, like, figure out what they should put down, and the other one's sleepy, and the other one's, like, had a cold, and that's why she skipped her test. And it's a race to see who could finish first. Hmm. Again, it's weird. Yeah, it sounds like... There's an episode where they they sing in a play. They have a play and all they do is sing. There's an episode where they make... Yeah, it means... Yeah, this this means nothing to me. I just watch it because it's three minutes of 
Well, I'm watching something. That happened. Click next. It's another show on my list. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a like a commercial or like a short before a Pixar movie. Pretty, pretty much. I don't know. Watch my anime short before I watch a real show. That's 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 really about it. That's really about it. Um, I'm not gonna watch the guy to high school. I still am upset that I watched all of Tower of God. That show is <laughs> I refuse to watch another webtoon that people like. I, I think they're shitty. Well, there you go. I also watched Persona 5. Funimation randomly came out like last week or the week before. And they're like, hey guys, we have this now. So it was dubbed by all the same voice actors who did the game. I played the game last year. I know I briefly talked about it here and there. And, uh... And, uh... So yeah, it's it's basically the same thing. It's just I was curious how they were going to actually make the transit, you know, because in the game you can choose whatever the fuck you want. Um, so yeah, it's, I was kind of curious how they're going to transition everything and how they do the side stories and whatnot. Quick, the banana bread's done. Yes, and now I just recorded that. Fuck yeah! <laughs> uh, all right, so. I'm going to leave that in there, because why the fuck not? Banana bread, bitch! <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I was just really curious how the stories and stuff were going to flow. I was really curious how they're going to tackle the side stories, especially with, like, the teacher. Mm-hmm. But, man, 26 goddamn episodes. Feels way too long. I'm up to episode 11, and they just defeated Ma- Monorambe, and they just met... They just went to the TV studio mm-hmm. in episode 11. Which is like the lull between the artist and the, yeah. what is it, the uh, like Yakuza fat man. Yeah, they just started the Yakuza guy. Like they're trying to, like she, they just went to sh- the Shinju, uh, sh- to, uh, Shibuya to find the guy at night, the talk to reporter at the bar. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm at. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, the game is. I mean, it took me like a hundred hours, so I guess the anime probably won't be too long if they're only on the third person. And the first three should be quicker, so I'm surprised they used almost half of the show. Yeah. I, I think they're it's correct. Just, it's kind but. of funny too because, like, the doctor, he just kind of shows up and like, she does stuff. Like, there's no rhyme or reason. Uh, <laughs> like, the we've been to the pawn shop once. Where he was like, where did you get this gun? Uh, but the, beyond that, like, we haven't really had any interaction with the with the pawn shop owner. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, we haven't gotten any of the backstory from the, the cafe owner yet. You know, so it's been interesting what they've picked and choosed. So... But that is what I'm watching. I'm watching a lot. It's just like every Thursday, and fr- usually every Friday, it's like, ah, oh, I got four episodes to watch, and the sword art is on, on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of sword art, let's get into sword art. How far are you? How many episodes have you watched? Everything. You have? Oh, wow. Well, there's one that, like, came out, what, today? I haven't seen that one. I have not seen yet. that one. I actually but everything have- else. I skipped one by accident. And I started <laughs> watching one. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And then I realized, like, oh, I skipped like episode five or six. It was like Which the guy. It was like the guy getting shot in the beginning. 
recapping when he got uh-huh. shot in the shoulder. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> How did all this happen? <laughs> Wasn't he just getting down there to go down there and help out? He's like, all right, I'll go. And they're like, you shouldn't have risked your life. You got shot. And you're like, huh? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, did I skip something? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure at the beginning of the episode, if you skip one, it's like the girl like calling his name and he wakes up like bandaged, right? No, 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 not even that far. I didn't, even start, I didn't even get that far. I was oh, just okay. like, I was just like, it, it started with the recap of the blonde dude getting shot. And I was like, uh, weren't they just going down there like five minutes ago? Like before yeah. this? And now they're getting the shot? Very, the very sketchy looking man was yes. a bad guy because yeah. he had it stitched in his coat. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, man, uh, I hate so you're so what you were saying before. It seems like this is more popular than ever. Mm-hmm. I find it interesting. I kind of know why it's popular, because last season aired on Adult Swim, so it had a shit ton of recognition. But here's the thing: last season there, was better than this season. Uh, Problem I have. Agreed. Yujiyo was, uh, was a real character. Now that he's gone. The, show is back in its normal bullshit yes i agree with you but uh, that's why it's more popular but i like the fact at least that they're at least bringing callbacks back from the first fucking season like i actually feel like and don't get me wrong when they're like oh you're part of laughing coffin i'm like oh shit that laughing coffin but who the fuck are you again and they do a decent yeah, job he's of explaining. The guy, but he wasn't even in the first season. This is what I hate about the writing too. This villain was referenced in in uh, the gun one a lot, and why like Kirito had PTSD because he was forced to like kill two of the coffin people in Sword Art. But all of that was written after the fact in the original novel and the original anime. I know because I looked it up for the novel. The author never wrote that into the story. It was never oh. part of the Sword Art story. And then they decided that took place in the universe just because now it's convenient to have a story in the past. I oh, that. well, that's bullshit. Because here I thought, like, because no, they you're actually not misremembering. Took... It was never part of the show or source material. So I thought because they they actually played back scenes that were verbatim from the episode, that I was like, oh, okay, this all makes sense. But you're saying all the stuff he said never occurred just the shit that they that show scene never occurred either i'm saying in the original book novel uh-huh. it's a light novel and anime uh kirito never fights them and then in gun gal they decide that kirito has ptsd because he fought them and you're like well okay i mean i guess the author couldn't include everything though this is like the most pivotal part of kirito's entire existence is him having to kill someone for real (laughs) but you're like whatever i guess i can forgive it even if it's like lazy writing so that scene they're showing you was animated in gungal about sword art when it never happened in sword art Ah. and now they show you you know in this season the like flashback where they show them fighting briefly and him watching laughing the laughing part of him watching is edited. He wasn't there in the gun gal explanation. So now it's at two layers of laziness. One, it never happened originally, and now <sighs> Poe is a character. So it's like, how many times are they going to revise history to suit to have a villain for Kirito to fight? I gotcha. Okay. So I'm, I'm pissed about that. Because but... I'll, be, I'll be honest, I don't remember much from fucking first, second season, third season. Like, 
I remember back when I was watching, obviously, but it's been so many years. You could have told me they fucking had a dog or something like named Astro. <laughs> and like, oh yeah, the dog Astro. He he was probably there. I don't fucking yeah. remember. And then the other part about that scene where literally everyone's coming back, even the what I think is pretty evil character from the movie is there to help. I don't know if you caught that, but I never watched the movie. movie. Yeah, I never but watched the, the movie. The guy that like they flashed back to him being weak. I saw everything I want to see. I saw some titties, and that's all I need to see from the movie. <laughs> right in the bath. Um, yeah, but that useless man that shows up in this season with the girl singing—that's from the. Those characters are from the movie. Oh, yeah, I was and, confused. I'm like, why does everyone like, why care? Are, like, why is she singing yeah. randomly? So that girl is like, she died in the original Sword Art arc, though she, I don't know if she was in it. She might just be another written-in thing. She wasn't in the anime. But let's assume for the benefit of the doubt she was there. Uh, she dies in Sword Art, and then the movie is about this guy who regrets being too weak. He was in, like, the Blood Order, like Asuna, but he was too weak to keep the Bard Girl alive, and she dies in the game. And then the plot of the movie is he's evil and he's stealing people's memories out of the VR world to recreate her likeness to, like, bring her back to life against her will. <laughs> <laughs> against so, her will? Well, basically, I mean, I don't know. I mean, because it's like, without getting into... No, no, I gotcha. That's a good point. ...or whatever. It, it's hard to even say it's actually her. But yeah, once he gets enough memories, she's like, why are you doing this for me? I don't want this. So yeah, it's like... He's so evil, he was stealing people's memories from them to recreate his girlfriend he couldn't protect. He also has, like, a super soldier in the movie. He wears, like, this exoskeleton to fight Kirito with. Um, Kirito still somehow beats a super soldier man in real life, but... <laughs> though he hasn't... <laughs> though he shouldn't be able to. Uh, so yeah, that's the character they brought back here, and I'm glad they kicked his ass, because I'm like, I hate this character. I'm glad Poe chopped him up chopped off his arm and stuff um but I was getting so pissed because it was like two episodes of them bringing back every useless character or character I don't like and I'm like where the hell is Yuki the only character that has any character development in all of Sword Art are Asuna and Yuki and Asuna's fighting and I'm like where the hell is Yuki you even see her guild her guild of people I'd like to point out I don't know if you noticed but it's like the group of five people that were fighting yeah um kind of separate. I think they were helping like the like boxing, the pugilist people. Yes, the um, pigs. But that's, the, yeah, that's, that's the pigs and the pugilists. Yeah, that's Yuki's old guild, which by the way is a guild of only terminally ill children. Oh, that's been, sad. But it's been a year and a half since Yuki died, so how come none of them are dead? Uh, well, They're maybe, all terminally ill. <laughs> maybe they got uh, random cures. Yeah, so that's the other problem I have is like these people are the terminally ill guild and they're all fine Yuki's dead rip um, <laughs> so they eventually bring her back they eventually let her do one attack I'm kind of sad because in this world theoretically your memories are as good as being an actual person if we're led to believe the plot Yep. and them bringing back Kirito so I'm like why can't Yuki be her own person everyone else like shows up even, even dead people so yeah I don't know why they couldn't let Yuki swing the sword and kill the man but at least she, like, got her screen time talking to Asuna, so I was ready to be very upset. 
<laughs> you only have one good character and you just you just don't bring it back in the arc that allows you to bring back dead people? What the hell? Um Okay, but the most egregious part. This is the part I'm actually upset about. The rest is just like, well, it's an action show that I wouldn't do that way, but that's fine. And the action's still fun to watch. But here's the part that actually upset me. The part that actually upset me is when Leafa gets to the world and witnesses the pig and the like evil witch woman fight. And then, like all sword art scenes, she gets put in the rape scene. Yes! The, tentacle, the tentacles are killing slash raping her. And what does she say? Do you remember what she says? I must endure this. Yeah, I must endure it. I can't tell who's evil. As she's being raped, killed. What? <laughs> it was like so, raping her and then like sucking her blood. Yeah. It was so like, weird. Shooting out of her, and it's like these are the two most heinous crimes in society: rape and murder. And you make your character say, "I'm not really sure who's bad. I'm just gonna endure it." It's like, well, maybe it's the one rape killing you, and not the <laughs> one just standing there looking scared. The clearly, one is more evil. Yes, I, I was so pissed, and it's like, I was so willing to give them more credit because, like last season, they have—I mean, this is a trope. So I always argue with my friends that some of my friends complain in JoJo there's too much animal abuse, and I say, well, what a good tool in defense of it, it's a good tool to make you hate the villain, because what's more evil than, like, abusing a dog if you're, like, a super villain? Like, yeah. Dogs can't even bite Dio, but he, like, walks. I, I, I just laugh. He's, like, pulling a tail of a cat. Like, Row! Like, oh, that bastard, he's gonna die now. Yeah, well, he, like, yeah, he, like, kicks a cat. Yeah. In the beginning, he, he locks JoJo's, the good guy's dog, in, like, yeah, the and kill. Yeah, in the kill. Yeah. on fire. So it's, like, some people are like, oh, that, I don't want to see that. That's bad. And I'm like, but they're using it as a way to make you hate them because that's very hateable. You're getting, so then, getting, in wrestling terms, you're getting heat. Okay, yeah. The heat of wrestling. I don't know what that means, but I can figure it out. It means you're getting, like, yeah, it gets, you, it gets you, it gets you, like you said, it gets you uh, to say, oh, I hate that guy. I want to see a guy get right. his ass kicked. Exactly. And it works in JoJo because then eventually they get their ass kicked and they're like comically evil. Now, in Sword Art, it worked last season, or two seasons ago. Uh, Many times, because they're like, hey, Asuna, I'm going to rape you, and then they do. Well, no, most of it's terrible. Yes, it's all terrible. It doesn't, well, my point being, it's not used as an effective tool, usually. No, it's not. It's just there to be like, here's fan service, because we can't show anything. Right. The one time it was used effectively, I think, is when they have their, like, apprentices and Yu-Gi-Oh! stumbles upon the, like, noble people. Yes, I agree. That was the only time I That was the one time I where I'm like, it. it's so evil, it gives Yu-Gi-Oh! a reason to, like, override his programming. And it, and it made sense as, like, a writing tool. Yes. Agreed. Because it's such an absurd thing to witness. So, okay, but then here we go. He's <laughs> The author is back to his old habits, and now instead of just making fan service, it's like... It's like rape apologist. It's I don't even like using the word apologist, but it's almost to the point of like disconnect where it's just like propaganda for rape. She's being rape killed and he's and she's like, I can't tell who's bad, I gotta endure it. And it's like that is such a disconnect from reality. That's not even bad writing. That's someone who has a specific view of it. Yeah. I I was actually Well that upset. and I just feel like this season, more than a lot of other seasons. They're just like, oh, I've got to continue for Kirito. Oh, Kirito. Oh, everything for Kirito. I'm dying, but Kirito. 
I'm like, fuck off! Be your own self! Yeah. Can you not problem. fucking go like, hey, I care for Kirito. I want him to get better. And I should f keep fighting. But Jesus fucking Christ. Like, what's the first thing they all do? They check on Kirito and they keep giving, like, he's getting fucking, like, pussy while getting, like, being a vegetable state. They're all kissing <laughs> on him and shit and be like, I'll suck your dick, Kirito. Yeah, it's... It's terrible. It's, like, it's why, can't I mean, these, just... why can't these characters fucking live for themselves and be like, I learned a lot from Kirito. I'm going to take my training and my gaming skills and, and my Mountain Dew and my Doritos and combine all that and be a super badass female yeah. gamer. They even make, like, the tiny pendant... Kirito gave Shinon, like, save her life by blocking a bullet, and you're like, come on. Like, at this point, just let her be her own character. Let her just fight the man and lose. Like, she's gonna lose, but why did the tiny disc have to remind her that, like, Kirito's there, yes. and he saves her from a bullet, and it's like, what? Just, just let her... It, it would have been a much more epic moment. It's like, I have always lost to this person. This person really creeps me out, because... Well, he's a serial killer, and he licked me in the game, and yes. yeah, there's reason for him to be weird and her to be scared, but it's like, let her just try to overcome it and lose. And it's like, nope, she doesn't even get to be allowed to be a character until Kirito saves her somehow as a vegetable. And I just really feel like they have always... Asuna's the most of the character, and she has yeah. the reason to love Kirito. The, they're actually married, yet she's the only one that does anything for herself. Yes. Well, and I really feel like this season really feels like the fight scenes are just there to fill time. And they're like these epic, you know, fight scenes with these the, the CGI graphics. But I feel like they feel like just so meaningless. Yeah, there's also no weight to them. Yeah, that, there, there you go. That's, just, that's there. There's no weight. There's no stakes. They're just yeah. here to just In more than one fill way, time. not only... Not only is there no weight plot-wise, there's no weight in the animation. I think they're animated pretty poorly. They don't look good. The only one that looked good to me is the one with the the Uncle Man versus the bad guy. That's the only one that felt like a real fight. Yeah. like All the other ones just look dumb. <laughs> I, I thought the Poe fight with Kirito was bad. Yes, I agree. Where it's like, hey, I've been a vegetable for like 45 mm -hmm. episodes, but sure, I can walk and fight and... The first half of it last season had, like, better fight scenes, but you could tell they were, like, cutting them short in order to continue the story. And they also had weight. They had meaning. All the right. fight scenes had meaning. These ones just feel stupid. Where it's like, oh, we're fighting each other because that's what we were doing. I, I don't know. It just... A lot also, of this stuff did, just feels, they, like, worthless. Yeah, sword art's worthless, but... At least Worthless is less triggering than the rape apologist scene. Yes. The, they didn't do a good job making me think Kirito regrets killing people, though, because at the end, he's like, I'm going to keep coming after your friends, and Kirito's like, you're going to live as a tree forever in the game. <laughs> so like, what? <laughs> Instead of killing the man you trapped him in the game for eternity? It's like, that sounds more evil to me, but all right, Kirito, if that's, if that's your workaround having to kill people, whatever. There you go. I, I thought that was funny too. I'm like, well, you're more okay with this. This is like not morally objectionable if you trap this man in the game for eternity. <laughs> I'm not gonna kill you. That would be mean. Suffer as this tree for a thousand years. But you can log out. Well, they said he can never log out. Oh no! They, like when he killed him, he's 
he hit him, and then, like, sparkles came out of him, and it, as he's turning into a tree, he's like, I took your whatever, you can never log out, you'll never come after my friends, you're a tree forever. And you're like, holy shit, alright, I've trapped you as a tree forever. Okay, I haven't seen that, I haven't seen that far yet. I think I'm at episode uh, six. Okay, well, well... Whatever, I'll get there. Yeah, he fights Poe, and traps him as a tree forever, which awesome. sounds much more evil than killing him. Yeah, no shit. All right. God, I hate sword art. <laughs> All right. Well, there's sword art for you. I'm going to review Japan's Sinks. Actually, yeah, let's do my review. We'll talk your DXD and we'll wrap it up. All right. Sounds good. All right. Give you a break. Japan Sinks. It's on Netflix. It is dubbed. It is subbed. All kinds of good shit. Originally, <laughs> it's, all the- it's all the things. It is based on a 1973 novel turned into an original net anime for Netflix. Directed by Misaki uh, Yuasa, who originally directed Space Dandy, the first ever anime backed by Kickstarter called Kickart, and Devilman Crybaby, and the night is, uh, the night is short Walk-On Girl, which you can find the review from Zach in our review uh, index. Yes. Well, now I kind of want to watch this. I like that movie. When I first saw this on Netflix, I instantly thought of Tokyo Magnitude 8.0, another anime from 2009, which uh, I swore was sooner. And holy shit, I feel old. (laughs) I was like, oh, that's like 2014. (laughs) No. That's like my favorite summary of it. Uh, Tokyo Magnitude tells the story of a brother and a sister struggling. To find their family and survive after a devastating earthquake, it's Tokyo. Sadly, this was the first thing I thought of during the great Tohoku earthquake and tsunami of March 2011, which was a magnitude 9.1. And the ensuing tsunami swallowed up entire cities. I'll never forget seeing the dark oil-like water crashing into the seawalls and going over the banks and eventually taking cars, homes, and completely flooding rice fields. And sadly, people seeing their entire homes picked up and like nothing and washed away. Seeing the real was heartbreaking and unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, not just taking their homes, taking their lives, their lives too. Yeah. A lot of people died. Yes. Like 20,000 or something. Yes, very much. Um, I watched the trailer for Japan Sinks, and it felt like the show was kind of replaying bits of Tokyo Magnitude. A major earthquake hits... And our main character must fight to make it home to her family. But in the trailer, she is quickly reunited with her father and the rest of her family. Then we see a YouTuber, uh, sorry, a YouTube video of Okinawa sinking into the sea. And that's where it ends. So going into the show, I was very interested in what type of story they were going to tell. Yeah. The show focuses, uh, the show follows the the Muto family, consisting of dad, I think it's Kochio. I really fucked up his name in my spelling. It's like Co- uh, Kochiro, Co- I think. Kochiro? That's it. it. That like might be eye. it. Yeah, that might be it. Uh, Mother Mari and the children, 14-year-old Ayumu, and a 9 or 10-year-old Go. So, go. Yes, Go. <laughs> so, one of the things I did, I missed, obviously, watching this dubbed, and the Japanese dub, Go will switch between English and Japanese, which I guess is really 
popular and the way people talk. Like kids today talk. Uh, especially online. So I didn't learn about that until I watched a, a, a video review of it from another YouTuber. And um, yeah, I was just surprised, I guess. Because nowhere in the episodes did they like mention like, oh, he knows both Japanese and English or, you know, he knows enough. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like Japanese, like English kids, like when they learn like, oh, Sagoi or Kawaii, <laughs> you know, and they'll just randomly throw random Japanese words in with their English. It's similar to that. Yeah, I've noticed in gaming, like I play with people from all over the world and in Japan and China and Korea, they throw a lot of English phrases in there. Probably as a result of playing games with people that speak English, I imagine. Yes, like, that's what he says. If you're a younger Has kid he... and you think it's cool and you play and go on the internet, then yeah, you probably pick up English you want to use to sound cool in Japan. Yeah. And that's where he said he learned some of it, was from his friends playing mm -hmm. games. Mm -hmm. So Go loves video games. His dream is to play the esports in the Olympics, which I found out is a thing starting in 2024. Interesting. I, I do like how the premise of, well, I don't know if like, but I noticed the premise of this is right after the Tokyo Olympics, which never happened in our timeline. Yes. So good yes. thing that didn't happen. <laughs> yes. So now kids can tell their parents, I'm training for the Olympics. I don't need to go outside. That's interesting. Do they say what game they're going to have? No, I just Google it. I'm like, this can't be a thing. Yeah, sure as shit. Weird. 2024 esports. Hmm. So, I must have missed it or something, but apparently the story takes place after the 2020 Olympics, like you said. I had no clue from the first episode. I knew it took place in modern times, but honestly couldn't really place the year, as YouTube and Amazon is mentioned in the show. Off the bat, the first two or three episodes are kind of a slog to get through, especially the first episode. The dialogue of the show isn't that good, and the, the dub took a lot of getting used to, as the dialogue was really fucking terrible. Hmm. Secondly, I need to mention the art in the show. At times, it is very, very ugly to the point of being completely off-model. I'm normally not a snob for art because I've watched many decades of anime, but for being a modern anime, this show needs some work. Uh, to give you an idea of what the show has done in, like, it's done in, like, light colors, almost like watercolor to a degree of brightness. The characters aren't very detailed, and a very minimalist drawn, except in extreme close-ups. Um, you know, and obviously, Masaki Yu, uh, Yuasa is known for just crazy art styles. You know, Kick Heart was uniquely animated, Devil May Cry Baby is uniquely animated. You know, mm -hmm. so it's, it's not... Devil Man is pretty minimalist, kind of like this. Yeah. And it definitely... So, I mean, I'm not going to definitely be like, oh, this is awful. It's just, he's got unique art styles. But mm -hmm. some of these shots were just like, what the fuck am I looking at? Uh, basically, you're trying to tell a realistic story, and I don't want to see crazy art styles being used. There's a dramatic moment where I'm supposed to be wrapped up, and instead I'm staring at my screen thinking, holy shit, why do they look like that? <laughs> Yeah, that's what I I saw a trailer for, it and that's what I thought. Like the backgrounds look really good, but then whenever a character is in motion, you're like, Ugh, why does the character look like that? Yeah. <laughs> but the the cityscape looked pretty good. From yeah. What I saw. Oh, definitely. For the story, it has its moments, but there are some baffling episodes. So the earthquake happens, 
and the people are struggling to survive. The people can't get information via their cell phones, but sometimes they can. And the Japanese government isn't really giving any information, so they're pretty left to defend for themselves. They quickly find out that Okinawa sank due to the YouTube video from the famous YouTuber, Kite. Who does... Tight. Yeah, it's his name, Kite. Oh, Kite. I heard yeah. tight. And, uh, and both are kind of weird. Yeah, K. He does Got drone it. footage, and he's a fan that he wears and takes videos of different countries. Hmm. The story early on is a family with a couple of family friends trying to survive, finding food, and everyone coming to grips with the situation. By episode three, things start ratcheting it up. I would recommend if you are going to watch the show, watch at least four episodes, as the show does a very poor job of trying to uh, hook the viewer. The show tends to end with a cliffhanger or an event that picks up into the next episode. After serving with events of several days, after the earthquake, meeting new friends, the family is brought to Sean City, a seemingly unaffected, perfect utopian area in the midst of all the chaos and destruction happening in Japan. Sean City is this gated off area between two tectonic plates where people are free to join their society. Think Jonestown with all the mass suicides and the religious cult leader. Oh, great. <laughs> Without all the mass suicides. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's, no, there's no mass suicides here. Sean City has everything. Huts for people to live in, food, everyone pitches in to help to keep the town functioning. But you don't have to do it if you don't want to. Plus, there's a massive weed field. All the marijuana you could ever want to smoke. <laughs> oh, and the cult leader is a nine-year-old boy who can speak to the dead. If you give them something that they had, such as a trinket, something that they wore, the mother picks three people a few times a week to do the ceremony. The show is only ten episodes in length, and four hours spent on this compound, being able to relax. We get some fun sides, and uh, some not-so-fun sides, like when Ayuma is pinned against the wall and almost raped. That's less fun. No, it, it definitely is. The climax <laughs> of the show for me was when Ayumu and Go were stuck in a survival raft alone and pondering their life, recalling events and what they want to do when things are normal again. And to me, this is very powerful watching. Two young children going through all these events and yet still having the fight to survive and watching them kill a bird and using its beak to open fish that coughed up whole. And then finding water uh, rushing into the boat. It was thrilling to see how this is going to end. And I really enjoyed this part of the show. Uh, but being anime, you need to turn off your brain. Because there are things that happen where you are a million to one that happened several times when, it, when the character Kite the, and YouTube had joined... Uh, oh, sorry. Kite the YouTuber had joined the family who was huge into drones, and they're stranded in the ocean, and they come upon a hot air balloon just randomly floating in the water. Yet they're able to make it functioning. They pump up the balloon, and they take off. And underneath it, there's a huge kite logo on it. And all kites says something to the effect of, I have the most luck in my entire life. Another <laughs> instance is somewhere, somehow, it's never explained how kite commandeered an armored-style tank Slash submarine boat thing. Someone who I hadn't mentioned was the doctor who was who predicted that Japan would sink. 
but he was dismissed as an idiot and an alarmist. Doctor, uh, it's a staple of any uh, disaster movie, the doctor being ignored. Yes. Doctor Onodera, who Ayumi meets, I'm sorry, Ayumo meets caring for him back in Shan City, who is paralyzed and unable to speak. And if you know more his code, you'll get a lot more from this because that's the only way he communicates, either with taps or blinks. And it takes a while for him to, for Ayumu to figure it out. So, like, if you know Morris Code, you're going to be like, oh, shit! Hmm. Interesting. So be- I don't. Because Onodera <laughs> figured out, figured all this out, he has a secret underwater cave with internet and servers and stuff, and Kite and built him- that while being crippled. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> okay. He wasn't always crippled. Uh. I'm assuming we did it before the crippling. So Kite and him drive the sub-boat thing down there and upload crucial data about what parts of Japan will be livable in the exact coordinates. The show goes on from being a natural survival, natural disaster survival to watching people try to struggle with the events and circumstances they find themselves in, and they get a lot of interesting small stories from the people you meet. Along the way... The, uh, around the way, it turns into like a love letter to Japan. The last episode, as the show time skips eight years into the future, the show does a good job at making a big mem- a moments count. And there are some heart-wrenching moments, but then things I think would be more dramatic are glossed over. Or the kind of, I always need to keep moving forward mentality. <clears throat> There are times when characters are sad or regret their choices, but then they have to quickly move on to, to the next issue. I marathoned all 10 episodes, and what kept me wanting to watch, I think, was the cliffhangers. And just wanting to know what happens next. And knowing that I had all 10 episodes on hand, the show took about 3 hours to watch in total after cutting out the intro and credits. I found this show to be a mixed bag. As I mentioned, there are truly memorable moments of the show I won't forget, but there are baffling things that occur uh, that really drag down the pacing and alter what is happening overall in the show. I left, uh, left a lot out because the show is so new. When I originally wrote this review, it was very new, and I don't want to give away or spoil anything. There's a lot more characters who have their own backstories and have stuff that they have to tackle and the small side stories that they do in this show. But in the grand scheme of things, that doesn't really matter. They only matter within the period of time during that story, and then it doesn't matter anymore. The one thing I do like, though, is we do get closure. The story does have an end. There's no loose ends. They never have unanswered questions. Everyone important we meet throughout the show has closure. The art... Though not the... Uh... Oh, the part. Oh, I don't know what I wrote there. Uh, oh, the art, not so great early episodes, and the crap dialogue of the show overall, I found enjoyable, albeit you'll want to remember it's anime, and things just kind of happen for the story's sake. I give the show a 7, because I was able to marathon it, I enjoyed what I was watching, and it's not very often I marathon a show. And it being dubbed, after getting used to it, wasn't terrible. The show does a good job of character building and can get you invested, but doesn't do a great job of handling the big events or circumstances that occur throughout the show. 
and you're constantly being dropped into a new story. The small stories don't really add up to anything, and are mainly there to help the larger story move forward, or just be something to fill time, and ultimately have no bearing on the final events that make up the story overall. Just bumps in the road to get to the final destination. So, that's that. Any questions? I know I kind of ran through that. <laughs> it's a sprint. Um, well, how does it compare to the other Earthquake one? Because I haven't seen the Tokyo Magnitude uh, 8.1. This one's much more philosophical. Like, so the characters, I did, I'll be honest, my review, I don't go into the characters. I don't go into their motivations. I felt like Upon first viewing, um, it felt kind of shallow, but the more I thought about the characters and kind of went back, I realized there was a lot of stuff that I probably missed or just didn't realize. I feel like this show does a better job at having more subtlety, and uh, there's a lot to unpack. Okay. So, That's fair. Like, it doesn't big it packs a lot in, but there's a lot, so much happening where there's a lot of stuff you can take and unpack and go, oh, well, this character grew from this, this point to this point to this point, and, you know, everything else. Where Tokyo Magnitude is them just kind of trying to survive. You know, it's like, okay, the story is there's two children, they're trying to get home. And they meet a family friend along the way who has to help them. And they run into obstacles. And it's them trying to get around the obstacles to finally get home to find out if everything's okay. This is a family trying to survive through the hardships of more than just an earthquake. The entire fucking continent is gone. And, right. you know, it's set in today's society with today's technology and... You know, it's just... I don't know. I feel like this is a better job. Out of the two, I would say this one's better. But they're still both good. But they're but they're different. They're not they're not the same thing. They just have to be centered around an earthquake. It's the catalyst right. for the show. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah. Uh, like I said, I gave it a seven. Uh, definitely check it out. Don't let the art get to you. I really enjoyed it. Um, like I said, I think it's supposed to really be meant for more than one viewing, to be honest. Because there's a lot you can take away. Right. Yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably watch it dub just because I want to be able to not miss anything I'm seeing, I guess. But then at the same time, you said the dub wasn't very good. so maybe. Well, I'd I mean, at the something. end of the day, it's like it is what it is. The dub's not bad. It's not terrible. I just thought the fucking dialogue was awful. And the dub does take some getting used to because like the first couple episodes, I really feel like they're trying to fill out the characters and get the feel for them. Mm-hmm. And it could just be the bad dialogue, honestly. They they used actors, unknown voice actors, I think. Like, that was no one I knew of. So, like, you know, they chose appropriate character, appropriate, you know, people. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I like when they pick new ones. That's cool. But yeah. You could be, like you said, maybe whoever wrote the dialogue for the characters to have in the first place, I mean, it's probably hard for the dub actors to get in the character if their dialogue lines are, are dumb or pointless. Yeah. Well, it's not a dumb point. It's just, I think it was, 
Maybe not a great translation. Could have been maybe better. Just the the dialogue seems stilted and kind of just wheezy, you know, like long winded in the first couple episodes. Yeah, especially if they're supposed to be emotional and they're still delivering like a long winded explanation. You're like, that's not how it should work. Kind of, yeah, yeah. Like there's nothing like crazy long winded. It's just kind of like just the way they talk to each other just feels weird. Hmm. Okay. All right. Oh. DXD. <laughs> That's funny. I thought I thought we were recording. Time I, to rehash what I yeah, just said. Yeah, I basically forgot to hit the record button. I actually hit the stop button. And I was like, uh, yeah. Anyway, we're recording now. All right. Well, let me just briefly mention, now that I can put it in even less words as I'm rehearsed, how proud I am of the new studio. I should look it up. You know, they deserve the shout out for their work, though I don't know anything about anime studios. Um, but I can talk as I look it up. So, High School DxD uh, for the fourth season had a new studio takeover in producing it and animating it. And basically, the clever tool that I still think about is their use of flashbacks to reanimate iconic scenes from the previous seasons in their art style and then put it into this new season. <clears throat> so now... My memory, I guess, has been overwrited, overwritten is the correct English, uh, for all these iconic scenes. And now when I picture them, I picture them in the new art style, which is fairly different from the original. So it's useful to do this. So do you and prefer I, the old art style or the new art style? I prefer the old one, if I had it my way. Um, it's like darker, more cell shaded. The new one's like softer and lighter and like less dark lines um so i mean i like the old one more um the old one's more normal though i guess this one's more unique and i guess it probably animates uh the nudity better the the boobies i oh. guess soft and well lit would be good lighting conditions for uh for boobs, I suppose, so... I mean, it looks fine, but I prefer the grittier one before. But I just wanted to applaud again how graceful it was. If I can find the goddamn studio that took it over. I'm gonna find it. Passion. With an E. But I assume it's still pronounced Passion. So it was TNK. And then... I don't know what happened... To them, but now it's Passion, so... After three seasons, it's probably like quite a hurdle to get people to like your new art style. Yeah, and it's spelled like Passion One or Pass I One. Let's see, they've oh, really? done Real Wars. Oh, that was a joy. Citrus. Wasteful Days of High School Girls. That sounds like fun. In fact, it looks like Citrus. And the new Higurashi. Oh, really? Okay, so it's very like watercolory and. Yeah, it's very right. light. And not like traditional anime, like cell shaded where things are just three gradients, you know, to do outlines. Everything's like very bright. Gotcha. Um, but it looks, looks fine. Um, it's cool that they're doing the new Higurashi. I think their art style will be like a really, really cool juxtaposition. It'll do a better job of making the characters look cute. And then, well, if people... What's funny is discussing it... <laughs> Most people listening might not even know what Higurashi is, I realize. Right. It's such when they cry. an old 
Right, it's such an old game and an old anime now that it's like, I don't want to give away what the juxtaposition is. But needless to say, there's there's horror things going on with cute girls, so I think their art style will make it look good. So I'm kind of excited for them to do it. I plan I was on already watching excited. it. Yeah, I was already excited for the remake, because I hate the art style of the original one. But now that I know Passion does it, I think they'll do a good job. I'm just going to keep pronouncing it like Passion. Okay, no, whatever. Do what you want to do. Um, and then besides that, I just wanted to mention, like, I haven't watched many shows recently, but Tower of God is one I finished, and how much I hated it. So, the big twist that everyone seemed to like... I'm just gonna spoil it. If you haven't seen Tower of God and you'd like to, stop listening, but... <laughs> I'm gonna ruin it. So, the main character, Bam, is this guy that, like, grows up in a cave, like, and... He doesn't know his parents or know anything about this world, and this girl... Um, basically raises, um, forget her name. Her, she's so pointless that I don't even remember her name, but basically he follows her up this tower and does all these trials and tournaments to try to, like, find her, and then he finds her, and she doesn't really want anything to do with him, but he's still going to help her climb the tower. But then the twist is she betrays him at the end. Now, why is this a bad twist? Well, the main character's only character dimension is that he'd do anything for her, so he's shocked, but at the same time, he doesn't, like, have any reason not to believe that would happen. He doesn't know anything. He just knows he idolizes her as the first person he ever met. Yeah. And then what do we know about the girl character? Absolutely nothing. She disappears. We know she's the first person to meet Bam, and then you don't know anything about her. You never get a scene with her explaining, like, why she's cold-shouldering him or why she left to climb the tower without him. Um, never get a scene of why she betrayed him. And, like, that's the cliffhanger, and everyone's like, oh my god, didn't see that coming. And it's like, well, no, you couldn't have seen it coming because we knew nothing about the characters. But at the same time, it's not a twist because we have no reason to believe that wouldn't happen. The only thing we know about the character is she, like, left him for no reason. It's like, so it's not out of the realm of possibility that she just doesn't like him or wants to kill him or whatever. Goddamn, that show was bad. I, I sat through 12 episodes of, like, mediocre animation of fighting. The show is ugly. And I'm like, well, you know, they're going to climb the tower. Maybe something cool will happen. And then the big twist that everyone applauds for it being a great show is by two characters that we know absolutely nothing about. Which is not a twist. Am I supposed to be excited to find out why it happened? I don't care about either character. So, that's my additional molding moment. Anim anime upsetty with Zack. Um, yeah, but it was, it was just very bad. So that's why I have no desire to watch like another webtoon until someone I trust tells me it's good. I know it's unfair to judge them all. Webtoon is just the way it was produced, not like the type of show. So, yes, it's unfair. But it left such a bad taste in my mouth that I'm just done until someone recommends me one. It's like, and it doesn't look like God of High School is going to be it. So far, it looks like pointless fighting. Pretty much. <laughs> so, Tower of God, terrible. You don't need to watch it. Um, God of High School looks less terrible. At least they're fully embracing it. Tower of God tried to like have a story and then just tell you nothing. God of High School, at least, it doesn't look like it wastes as much of your time with trying to tell you a pointless story. So, who knows? Um, yeah, that's it. That's not a real review, but 
it's my great disdain for why the show ended up being popular, and I don't know why more people don't critique it. I don't know who was excited sitting through that last episode, and was like, oh my god, didn't see it coming. One, it was sort of obvious, I guess, that that was going to be the conclusion, because they couldn't have succeeded the scenario that was presented to them. And then two, there's no reason to care. The twists are only important when it betrays your expectations. Mm -hmm. There was no expectations because the characters were never explained. There was like two side characters that got a story and the main ones had none. And I guess the hook is you get to know their story maybe in the second season and then the twist will be exciting because like he was betrayed as a naive person, but now you'll get to know why. But I don't care why. Yep. So if there was another season, would you watch it? Hell no. So you're put off completely. Put off completely because that's... I mean, that's just not good storytelling. It's They already wasted enough of my time to tell me something about the characters, and they chose not to. Uh, It's not a cliffhanger if there was no pretense, if there was no cliff to hang from. They presented me a cliffhanger with no cliff. (laughs) It's the best analogy I can use. It's, It's not an oh shit moment if I care nothing about the scenario or the characters because the writers told me nothing about them. Fair enough. They might as well. It might as well happened in the first five minutes of the show. It would have been just as big of a twist if they're like, "This is the character, and it's the first person Bam's ever met," and then she was like, "Huh, pushed you off the cliff." Well, we're gonna use an actual cliff now because he gets pushed off of something. That was the betrayal, and, and so now my analogy is getting too deep. But it would have the same impact because you're like, "Well, that's sad. That's the only person he's ever met," and she was like, "Nice," and then she pushed him off a cliff. But it's like, you don't know about either character, so you'd be like, well, I mean, even if he dies, that's fine. I don't even know who this person is. And that's how it is by the end of the show, after they waste six hours of your time, so... Unfortunate. Yep. Alright! <laughs> I'll, I'll come next time with a real, or at least a somewhat positive review. There as you much go. as it is fun to dislike shows, but yeah, I mean, there's been some real, real stinkers lately. Excited to finish Railgun. Well, I'm happy for you. Find something. <laughs> All right, everybody, thank you very much for listening. Bindsidebeat.com front slash reviews. There you'll find a review index of everything we reviewed. Our ten years or so of top five review or top five yearly shows and interviews and all kinds of stuff there so check us out thank you very much for listening see you soon this has been the bonsai beat podcast if you have any feedback head over to bonsaibeat.com and leave a comment on the show notes for this episode while you're there you can also find our review index which has a list of all the anime that we've reviewed on the bonsai beat podcast if you enjoyed this episode be sure to add us to your favorite podcatcher You can find links to do that on our website. Otherwise, we're also on iTunes and Stitcher Radio if that's easier for you. Once again, this is the Bonsai Beat Podcast. Thank you for listening. And if you have any other questions or comments, you can send them to bonsaibeat at gmail.com.